college. Uh, I think we have people here who know the answers, and I can always funnel the questions to somebody else if I don't know, and the odds are very high that I don't know all the answers. But uh, feel free. Anybody have any questions that we can help you with? Okay. Yes. Uh, he's, he's asking about growing pains and what are some of our immediate plans for housing. Um, we are pretty well at maximum in terms of housing. We were uh, helped greatly by the Lord providing that little acre behind the gymnasium. Did you know we were able to purchase an acre behind the gymnasium? It has three little houses on it, and we put our upper-class men in there. They have a little, uh, I think there's six in each house or something like that. So that really helped us a lot. Um, we realize we need to have probably two dorms by next September. Um, we have the pads already cut and created for those dorms up on the hill where the other dorms are. Um, we have in the past the college uh, actually secured permits to build those dorms, never built them, so the permits expired. And at this point, what we've done is gone back for an appeal to get those permits reactivated. And our construction people tell us that should not be a difficulty. Because once they went through the whole process and got all the approval, there shouldn't be any problem in, in getting it again. If that is the case, then we're going to move immediately to build those dorms. Uh, obviously, funding for those dorms um, is going to be an issue. But uh, funding for dorms is probably the easiest to get because a dorm is, a, is an income-producing facility. And if we can demonstrate the ability to fill it with students, therefore the ability for it to produce income, um, we can we can pay off any indebtedness we might incur. Now, what we'd like to do is to get a whole group of private investors to come together, put their money into it so that we're not even involved, and then pay them whatever dividend needs to be negotiated for their own tax situations. In other words, we, for example, had one guy who said, I've got $300,000, can I invest it somewhere in the college? And then we can design a, a situation where we can pay him whatever he needs that shelters that money, once he's taken all that he can take out of that building, it's possible in the future that the building could then be donated to the college and there's a tax benefit in that as well. So when it comes to dorms, um, you don't have the, uh, the economic constraint that you might have on some other facilities. Now, immediately upon uh, building two dorms, which could house around uh, 175 or 200 students, we're going to face the fact that we're going to need classroom space. So uh, we're trying to strategize as to how we can develop another large classroom center and even an expanded library to go with that. But all of those things, we believe the Lord is in this, and uh, um, he's showing himself in so many, many ways. I mean, we could go, I could just go day after day after day and almost chronicle every day since I got involved with the college and show you something God did that was just unbelievable. I mean, it just goes day by day like that. Uh, last week, a guy said, could I see you for a few minutes? He walked in and... Uh, he said, I'd just like to write a check for the college. And I said, well, thank you very much. And he wrote a check for $75,000 and handed it to me and left. And um, um, that was at a time when we had a great need in our cash flow. Well, the Lord has done that, you know, day by day by day by day by his grace. And so we see his hand. We know it's of the, of the Lord. And so when we look at academic and library facilities, things like that, we just have to believe that God will have a plan and a purpose for us. We could survive because of the graciousness of this church and some flexibility in our scheduling next year. Uh, at this time, uh, we could anticipate, Don, 500 applications next fall. Easily. More. Yeah. And I think uh, with the dorms, 
and with some flexibility in our scheduling and an expanded faculty, we could handle that. Um, so that's what we're looking forward to. In fact, we may get more students than we can handle, and we're not sure yet. So we're, we're for the first time, this college can somewhat uh, begin to look away from what has been called an unlimited enrollment. In other words, uh, an open enrollment where you don't have any criteria because you're so desperate for money, you take everybody. We'd like to get to the point where we at least can establish some criteria because we're making a tremendous investment in the student. We'd like to make it in the student who's going to give us the best return if we're given a choice. So uh, I, I don't know where it's, you know, if I would say five years, we're going to be looking at 1,500 to 2,000 students within a five-year period somewhere. No one who, believe me, no one who wants to be discipled uh, needs to be left out. And we're still, you know, working that through. But I know every parent would want that. I mean, I would want that. And I have two kids here. Uh, I want them in that process. Um, I think it, we're at the edge right now of mobilizing the whole thing. It's just been the strategy developing, finding out. All of us are trying to learn the levels of the kids. Uh, and also, a uh, part of our strategy in the chapels for the first couple of months has been to motivate these kids to the place where they want that. In other words, you can't sell something nobody's buying. So my, my message this morning is just another thrust into this whole dimension of we've got to get at it. And we're starting to get kids going around saying, please disciple me, please disciple me. i got to be discipled. I want to disciple. That's what we want. And uh, when there's a desire for that, uh, we're going to develop the networking soon to make that really happen. In fact, that's high priority. Good question. Any other questions? Where do we plan on finding the faculty? I think the faculty are finding us. We are having, we get as many faculty applications as we do students. So we are in a very good position in terms of hiring faculty. We're getting applications from very, very good faculty people. Um, obviously, that's the ball game right there. Uh, what happens at a college is directly related to what happens in the faculty and the classroom. That's the rubber meeting the road. All the rest is, you know, window dressing. Um, it's got to happen at that point. So we want to be very, very, very cautious. Um, you know, once you get a faculty person, if you get the wrong faculty person, you got a problem. It's a lot easier to get the right one to start with. So we want to be very cautious. We are looking right now at a new a whole new structure for our biblical studies, which I think is the core of everything and where the real strength of faculty has to come. And we've got a lot of folks that are interested in that area. So um, we're also looking in the next couple of years at a graduate kind of program, some master's degrees in some area, which would give us a level of faculty that could also teach the upper division of the undergraduate program. They would be graduate level faculty, which will raise the, the level of faculty too. And so... Uh, we're excited about that. We, we really do have an awful lot of uh, applications. I don't know if they're still coming in, John. Yeah.
we've been, we're even getting applications from people who are the chair at other schools, even at universities in their departments. Yes. Well, that's a fair question. Um, what we want to do is probably start with a master's kind of program, uh, one year. Uh, my burden is a, is a master's program in expository theological preaching. I think there's a tremendous and desperate need for that. I think the seminaries are cranking out a lot of people who don't do biblical exposition because that's not part of what they learn. Um, and I think that is a very marketable master's program, especially if your faculty that's teaching that is also teaching your upper division undergraduate program so you, you can carry the load economically. Um, I would also want to see a track. We have kind of a four-track thing we're looking at. A second track would be a track in discipleship. It really, what it is, is uh, how to live the Christian life and teach somebody else how to live it. But there's a very great market for that because churches now are really anxious to have people on their staff who have an understanding of the discipling process. I think it's fast replacing Christian education. Uh, I don't really see, I don't know how you see, John, I don't see a great market anymore for Christian education as an entity. That day is gone. The idea of a church having a Christian ed director is pretty well passe. What churches are now looking for is somebody to disciple. It really comes out the same in the wash, except the guy's more people-oriented than he is program-oriented. You know, we used to laugh about Christian education and say the first rule of Christian education is to move the furniture. And it's downhill from there, you know. Um, now I think we, we, a discipleship major is a very would be a very, very marketable thing, and we could do a good job in teaching people how to go back into their churches and have a church-wide impact in building a discipleship ministry. That's very important. The third track would be a track on biblical counseling. I think one of the sad factors in the church today is that we're opting out to let psychologists take over the church counseling ministry. And we had Larry Crabb here a couple of weeks ago. His material is, is the best currently available. Uh, he's head of a program in biblical counseling at Grace Seminary in Winona Lake. And he said there's no such thing as a psychological problem. There are only physical problems and spiritual problems. And if we don't, if we think there is this mysterious category that we can't deal with, we're going to push these problems out of the church into the psychology world, and people are never going to get the help, and they're going to get pushed out of the environment in which real healing can take place. So we would like to, and that's basically what's happening in all higher Christian education institutions around the country, with maybe two exceptions. All of them are into Freudian psychology with sort of Bible verses thrown in. And they're putting out people whose basic bent is toward a Freudian approach to psychology rather than a biblical one. So we would like to counter that and get a track going in that in a master's program. And the fourth one would be in cross-cultural missions. And we could have four tracks running in a master's program. Some of the courses would be the same in the foundational area, and then there would be a specializing in each. And we could probably develop the program to a nine-month or 12-month period so that a person could get it in one year, and it would be a very saleable kind of thing something that would be a great interest in. But that's our plan. Now, what happens after that? I don't know. Yes. Well, that's a, that's a great concern to us. And there are several things that work against that. One, you've got kids who come from a bad local church experience. Two, you've got kids who just are away from their church. And um, so they're sort of having to... Uh, they get culture shock, sort of. They, have to, they not only have to adjust at the campus, but as soon as they get adjusted at the campus, they have to go adjust to a church that's new. So there are some things that work against that. Now, we have to work very hard to make that happen. Um, first of all, I think to make it happen, it has to be a number one priority, and it is. We work very hard at that. Russ Morris here. Russ probably could give you some detail on this, but uh, 
we really we defer many things to the church we defer many things in fact we've been so cautious on that that we perhaps have hesitated to do some things here that we really should have done because the environment is here to do them and believe that God would work the difficulty out and we've so much deferred to the church that we maybe left some bases uncovered but we really stress that with the young people we provide bus transportation there there's this church which is in walking distance and this is a good church by the way but um, uh, there's just a continual emphasis now every day when they come to chapel which is three times a week they have to sign don't they Russ that they attend a church Sunday morning and Sunday night um, of course they're on their honor at that particular point uh, but we it's it's a very important issue for us there are uh, our church has a Bible study on campus which is intended to develop them in the ministry strategy of the local church anything we do in terms of sending out students and short-term assignments will go through the local church in terms of missions or anything like that evangelism um, and of course my relationship here and the staff's relationship here to the local church just continues to, to strengthen and emphasize that but it does not mean that of all the kids who come here, all of them are equally committed to the local church. I mean, it's come to the point where in my own mind, um, I see the need to go through the dorms on a Sunday morning and go right back through the dorms with RA people on a Sunday night and make sure there's nobody there. And make sure everything on campus is locked up because of the vital need for them to get into a local church ministry. They'll tend, there are always those kids who tend to the lowest level. I mean, that's just the way some kids are. They They... They're not self-starters. They're not internally motivated. Their spiritual life isn't where it ought to be. We've got to help them. And I believe it's better for them to, to be made to go to church than to not go. And somebody will say, well, that's legalistic. Well, I'd rather, I'd rather take the strength of putting them there and letting God speak to them than say, well, I don't want to be legalistic and have them waste their time. So we, we tend to want to take the strong uh, emphasis of the church and uh, even put a little pressure on kids who don't respond. Most of the kids aren't a problem. But uh, we think it's a high priority. And it, we think we can create for them the very best of church experience if they'll give themselves to it. One of the things that I really believe, too, is you've got to network kids with a healthy, vital, excited attitude toward the church with kids that don't yet have that. If you wait for that to happen, it isn't going to happen. It's got to happen. That's what we were talking about, Russ. You've got to do that here and now. You've got to call all the kids together who have a vital church relationship and attach them up with the kids that don't, and then let that natural process of pulling that kid in take place in a vital friendship. That's the way it has to happen. Maybe another question? There's a lady with a question. What is the freshman enrollment? First year, I think... Yes, uh, we will be expanding the computer program. In fact, the first thing we did two weeks ago was go out and buy six brand new computers for the lab. The ones they had were not adequate. We bought, bought brand new, state-of-the-art, made by Toshiba for the Xerox Corporation, uh, but they are completely compatible with all the stuff that's coming down the, the line today, and uh, there will be a strengthening of that. That's really where education is going. Um, I can see us really developing our faculty and our, and our leadership in that area rather rapidly. Um, no, uh, I don't. What time is that dinner tonight? 
I have a, a funeral service for Paul de Court this evening at four, so uh, yeah, I I wish I could be there, but I think I'll need to spend a little time with the family after that. Is that helpful to you know to you to know some of these things? Good. Um, we're very dependent on you too. Uh, if you are getting, if you're encouraged, if you're getting good feedback from your kids, then you need to help us too to to find more good kids to populate our our college. We're very excited about what God is doing here. Uh, I want you to know that I'm not interested in in ed education as a goal. Okay, education is not a goal. Education is a means. The goal is reaching the world for Christ. And we are not interested in education as a goal. We are only interested in education as a means. So to have a kid go through four years or whatever, get a degree and walk out of here and have no commitment to reach the world is to fail. That's not the goal. So we want to build in every possible thing we can to the life of that young person so that they understand the vitality of the local church as the agency by which the world can be reached for Christ. So that's our commitment. So you need to pray for us because sometimes uh, it's hard for kids to see anything beyond the fact that they're just getting their education. And we want to we want to give them a vision for the world. Bob Provost, if he were here, would give you a speech on that. Uh, he's a he's a great, great help to us. Okay? Why don't we have a word of prayer and then you can be on to the next uh, event. Is there a next event? Lunch? That's an event around here, isn't it? And it will be if you have to get in line. Do they have to get in line? Are you going to eat in the cafeteria? Yeah. You ha well, you have to get in line. Good. Got to go with the program, right? Yeah, I'll have a great time. Let's pray. Lord God, how thankful we are for the call that you've given to us, the call, the effectual call, the saving call that brought us to the Savior. How thankful we are also for the call to discipleship, to be followers, to be reproducers. And we're thankful, Lord, that uh, all of us have been given children who can be our first line of disciples. Help us to be faithful as we disciple our own and as we share in the discipling of others. We pray for our, our college. We pray for our, our students and our faculty and staff. We pray for our extended family of parents and grandparents and friends. And we pray for all the needs that are here, spiritual and needs in terms of wisdom and leadership and funds and direction for the future. So many things, Lord. We have a stewardship that you've given us. It's a stewardship that doesn't belong to us. We only have the right to manage it for your glory, and we want to do that in the way you would be pleased. So we look to you for the resources and the wisdom and the direction that we might give this school to you in every sense as representative of what you would desire. Bless our day and make it a, a wonderful day accomplish in us and through us what you would desire. For Christ's sake, amen. Thank you all.